Well, we are in week three of our series, Gospel Above All. I have uh, very much enjoyed this, this series. Uh, hopefully you've been involved in a small group as well. Uh, small groups have been diving into these questions, these, these, uh, these kind of topics as we've gone through every week. Uh, and so I, I know in our Tuesday night group we've had some great discussions. I can say with great confidence that Thursday's having the same great discussions. Maybe not the same discussions, but they're having some great discussions. And uh, it's, it's a good time just to be in a small group. I love this time of year when we can all just be kind of immersing ourselves into the same same stuff, and, and, and there's no better thing to immerse ourselves in than the gospel. And so that's what we're doing. Uh, we've, we've spent two weeks already uh, just talking about this gospel above all. What does it mean to put the gospel above everything in our lives? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, that he is uh, reiterating to this church in Corinth what is of first importance, that Christ died on the third day, or that Christ died according to the scriptures, that he was raised to life on the third day according to the scriptures. This is of first importance is what he says in 1 Corinthians. And it's of first importance in our lives as well. The gospel needs to be placed above everything else in our lives. And so as we've started this series, we've really just kind of uh, begun to see how the gospel affects our lives. The first week we just talked about, uh, just kind of laid the foundation for this whole series, talking about what is the gospel What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is this gospel that we need to be putting above everything else? And this gospel, this this kind of the foundation that we laid was that our holy, just creator God looked at us in our sin and sent his son to die for us so that we might be restored to him forever. This is the gospel. And in one sentence, that is the gospel. That's about as clear of the gospel as you can say in one sentence. In the video, our... our, uh, our host of the videos, J.D. Greer, says at his church, they talk about the gospel in four words, four words, Jesus in my place. And so this is, this is the gospel that we are putting above everything. This is the foundation for who we are as Christians, for who we are as human beings, uh, for who we are as followers of Christ. This gospel has the power to save us. Right? John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This gospel has the power to save us. Uh, Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This gospel has the power to save us. But the power of the gospel goes beyond just saving us. The gospel has more than just saving power. The gospel, as we talked about last week, has the power to transform us as well. Romans chapter 12, we talked through that, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, not conforming to the patterns of the world around us, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind, that renewing that only Jesus, only God can do. And, and, and as we do that, we are no longer living according to the world. We begin to act differently. We begin to think differently. We begin to speak differently as the Holy Spirit moves in our lives and directs us according to the gospel. And we begin to just, we begin to be transformed. So the gospel saves us, the gospel transforms us. I'm going to dive in this morning to how we've been saying the gospel doesn't just send, save us, it sends us as well. So we're going to be getting into this morning, the gospel sending that you and I have, this gospel mission, if you will. The gospel is not just for me, it is not just for you. John 3.16 lays it out pretty clearly, God so loved the world. It is our responsibility to take the gospel to 
the world. We are on a mission for the gospel. As people who have been saved and transformed by the gospel, we have been given a gospel mission. Now, let's talk about that gospel mission this morning. If you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, uh, that's where we're going to be. Uh, some of you may already know where I'm going just by saying that. We're going to talk about the Great Commission this morning. If you're in one of our pew Bibles, uh, number page 857 is where we're going to be uh, kind of at home base this morning. Matthew chapter 16, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. This is uh, in the gospel of Matthew. These are the final words of Jesus. The last words that he speaks to his disciples uh, before he leaves. And so uh, you can imagine that these, this is not on accident. The writer of the book of Matthew is trying to, uh, to kind of leave us with these parting words from Jesus. And so here's, here's what he says. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Pretty amazing, actually, that sentence, if you think about it. At the very end of everything, they have just gone through Jesus' death, his resurrection. They are at the mountain. Why? Because Jesus had told them to go there. That's what just says when they, they, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So they're going because Jesus told them to be there. And even as they see him, they worship him, but there are still some doubters. Just just. Put that in perspective here. Some of us, you know, we have these thoughts about like, man, I just, I, I struggle with doubt. I struggle with these questions. I could tell you just even just from this passage, you could probably be okay with that. Be okay with the questions. Be okay with the doubts. As long as you are seeking Jesus as these disciples were, where did they get to? They got to Jesus. Even in their doubt, they got to Jesus. It's okay to question, okay to doubt. Even the disciples, after seeing everything that they had just seen, are doubting even as they see a real physical Jesus in front of them. Think about that. So, I'm going to start again. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the mission that Jesus sends his disciples on. Spoiler alert, you're here because of their faithfulness. You are here in this building today worshiping our God because these disciples chose to follow the mission of Jesus Christ. They went, they made disciples who also went and made disciples, who went and made disciples. And we sit here 2,000 years later because of that. just, Just process that with me this morning. Spoiler, these guys were faithful to the mission. And I have news for you this morning. If you have said yes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, their mission is your mission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want to just unpack 
this mission that Jesus gives his disciples this morning. Because as I've said, if you believe in the gospel, if this gospel is the gospel that has saved you, if this gospel is the gospel that is transforming you by the renewing of your mind, then this is your gospel mission. I want to unpack this mission for you because the foundation of this mission uh, is, is kind of before the actual command of the mission. Uh, Jesus begins talking. He doesn't just, he doesn't open up with, you know what, go. No, he, he starts by saying this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a key statement here in this whole mission. And this is actually a theme in the book of Matthew. Ten times in the book of Matthew where we're told about the authority of Jesus. This authority of Jesus is, is a theme in Matthew. It's a theme in the Gospels. And I want you to notice, though, it's not just as you read the Gospels, it's not just that Jesus has the authority. It's that he has the ability to use it as well. There are a lot of people with some authority that they can't use, and that's pretty useless. Jesus not only has the authority, he has the authority to use that authority. Now, what, what am I talking about when I'm talking about this authority? Because there's, there's a couple of things I think we need to grasp about the authority of Jesus Christ. First of all, we've got to understand this authority is a very wide-ranging authority. I mean, think about what he says here. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, that's pretty universal if you think about it. He's got universal authority over everything in the universe. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I mean, think about this. Even in the Gospel of Matthew, we see that, uh, that Jesus has the authority over disease. Blind people are receiving sight. Lame people are able to walk again. Lepers are seeing their skin healed. We see, we see that, that Jesus has this authority over disease. We see his authority in the book of Matthew over demons. We see him cast out demons. This is another theme in the gospel. This is actually where, where a lot of times when you see the word authority in the gospels, it's talking about this about demons. You're talking about having the authority to cast out demons. Jesus had this authority over demons. He has the authority over sin. He can not only judge sin, but he can forgive sin. In fact, there's, there's a story in the Gospels where someone comes to him to be healed, and Jesus looks at this man who needs to be healed, and he says, your sins are forgiven. Everybody's like, that's not what he came here for. I don't know how to, how, who are you that you have this authority to forgive sin? And Jesus says, just so you know that I am the one that has the authority to forgive sin, let me heal this man so you can see it. And the man is healed in that moment. Jesus is just showing that he has the authority over sin. Jesus has the authority over suffering. Matthew chapter 11, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He has the authority over suffering. Talks about, for he is the, the bread of life if you are hungry. If you are thirsty, he is the, he is the water. He is living water. And Jesus has authority over suffering. He has authority over nature. We see this in the Gospels. Jesus is calming storms and calming seas. And we have this, this uh, he, Jesus, <laughs> it's just pretty amazing. Jesus has authority over nature. Jesus has authority over the nations. And it's pretty clear in the Gospels that, that is true. People are talking about him being king. He has his own kingdom. Uh, but this is prophesied in the book of Daniel as well. Daniel chapter 7, 13 and 14. that says he has dominion that would last forever. 
I think if, we're, if, you're, if you want to know more about the authority of God over everything, just, take a, just skim the Psalms. The Psalms are just a great picture of all the things that God has authority over. The, the psalmist is just, God, you are so good. You have authority over this. You, nations look up to you. In fact, here's, here's a psalm for you, Psalm 148. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise him from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord. From the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted, his splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. I mean, there's pretty clear authority over everything. I mean, asking the the ocean deep to praise him. Asking just the creation, the sun and moon, the shining stars, the nations. Everybody praises him. Jesus has the authority over, over it all. However, it's not just widespread authority, universal authority. Jesus' authority isn't just, isn't just wide, it's purposeful. It's purposeful authority. And this is not just like a, Jesus didn't start this sentence as kind of like a humble brag, like all authority, I have all the authority. No, Jesus is saying, I have all the authority over all of these things. I have all things at my disposal to help you accomplish this mission that I'm about to give you. That's what he's saying. He's not just bragging about the authority that he has. He's saying, I have all this authority, and I'm going to give you this mission, but I just want you to know the authority that you need to do this mission is through me. I will give you this authority. Right, this, is, this, is, this is what we're talking about here. John chapter 15, uh, verse 7. He kind of kind of reiterates this if you remain in me and i in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you it's to my father's glory that you bear much fruit now how are we how are we bearing fruit if we remain in him and he in us we can ask what we want now let's go back to last week for a second because as we transform our minds the things that we are asking for are not just random things that come into our minds but they are the things of god because god is is driving and directing us and so as we go on this mission, if we're remaining in Christ and Christ in us, we have the authority. I mean, this is, this is not just a, a widespread authority. It is a very purposeful authority. I mean, think about it. This, our success in this gospel mission is not based on who we are or what we can do. But it's based entirely on who Jesus is and what he can do. And he is capable of doing anything in and through us. I just, just process that with me this morning. Our success on the mission that Jesus is giving us is based on nothing else except the authority of Jesus Christ. 
So now back to, back to Matthew chapter 28. Because now we kind of get into this, this the strategy, if you will, of this mission. Right, we have the foundation laid. This foundation of the mission is that Jesus has the authority. That's all we need is the authority of Jesus. So now that you know that Jesus has the authority, now what? Now, now we go. We make disciples of all nations. We baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We teach them to obey everything that he's commanded us. This is, this is the, the strategy that Jesus gives his disciples. And just go back with me. Just think about kind of the differences between Jesus' strategy and the strategy of the disciples oftentimes. And Jesus' strategy while he was at earth looked a lot different than some of the strategies that his disciples had. Jesus' strategy was all about kindness and compassion, care for those people. He says there are, there are people who are like sheep without a shepherd. This is how he looks at people. There's his disciples who, who are chasing after the same thing, but sometimes do it in different ways. Right? You see in Luke chapter 6 that the disciples are kind of facing some opposition, and, and they ask Jesus, can we just call down fire from heaven on these people? <laughs> Jesus is like, no, no, we can't just call down fire from heaven on these people. That's not what we are about. You see Jesus on this side talking about, well, I'm going to need to, I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to, I'm going to die. And then you see the disciples over here be like, Jesus, that's not a good strategy. That's not, that's not a good, that's not a good choice. Like, what are, what are you talking about? And Peter is, Peter says, I can't let you do this. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You see kind of these strategies of the disciples and Jesus kind of, kind of at odds sometimes. But Jesus gives these disciples, this strategy, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And disciples at this point have kind of a couple choices, right? They either do it, follow this, this Christ-given mission, or they keep doing it themselves and hope that God blesses whatever they're doing. Luckily for us, I think they chose the latter. I think, and we have, we have this choice. There's this Christ-directed mission that we have to go, to baptize people, to, to teach them, to obey everything I've commanded them. This is the mission. Go, baptize, teach. Go, baptize, teach. This is the mission that Christ has given each and every single one of us in this place. If we, like I said earlier, if we have been saved by the gospel, if we are being transformed by the gospel, then this is our gospel mission. This is the mission that Jesus sends his disciples on, and their mission is our mission, to go, to make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them. This is it. What does this look like to follow this mission? I think we need, need a couple things to focus on as we do this mission. First of all, as we participate in this mission, Jesus has to be our vision. We have to fix our eyes on Jesus. The author, perfecter of our faith, as Hebrews says, fix our eyes on Jesus. And to think about it, Jesus, when he, when he called the disciples in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus comes out of being tempted by Satan and he goes into calling his disciples. He goes to Matthew, tax collector. He goes to James and John. He says, 
follow me. Here's what didn't happen as they followed him. There was no seminary. There was no school. It wasn't about just kind of learning more. He said, follow me, and they did. They followed him everywhere he went. They learned how Jesus lived, and they said, I want to live like that. These disciples, when, when Jesus was their vision, they never lost sight of who Jesus was, and they were constantly trying to become who Jesus was. And that is our goal as well, as Jesus is our vision, as we fix our eyes on him. This is the whole point of grow at this church, is to kind of mature into the image of Jesus Christ. As we focus on him, as we, <clears throat> as we learn more about him, as we read these gospels and see how he interacted with people, see the things that he, were important to him, see, the, see how he treated people. And we, we go through these gospels and we say, this is the Jesus that I want to mature into. Jesus is our vision. We fix our eyes on him. And if Jesus is our vision, then making disciples needs to be our mission we got to go and make disciples this go in this in this sense is kind of a participatory word it's talking to everybody it's kind of like a y'all go that's kind of the the way that that would be said maybe in texas (laughs) y'all go the command in this sentence is not just go it's make disciples make disciples This is the command that we are given. I have a question for you this morning that I really want you to think about. If God this week were to give you an opportunity to lead someone to Christ, do you have a plan to do it? Because here's the the thought behind that, is if you don't, then either one, you weren't really expecting to lead anybody to Christ, And if you did, you'd kind of just leave them hanging. But this is our mission. Our mission is to make disciples. Our mission is to go out and to to teach people what God has commanded them. We'll get into this more next week. Next week is about evangelism. We're going to talk about what it looks like to share Jesus with other people. We are, this mission to go out and to make disciples has to be our mission. I just will say this leading into next week. You have a story to tell. If you're like, Pastor, I just don't know where to start. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. I know I need to be able to lead people to Christ. I know I need to be able to, to talk about that. I just don't even know where to start. And I'll just say this. You have a story to tell. How has God been active in your life? Where were you before him? Where are you now? How have you seen him active in your life? Tell a story about, about where you would be without God. Every single one of us has a story to tell about the difference that God has made in our lives. That's the story that people need to hear. We have a responsibility and a mission to go and to make disciples. So, this mission. Founded on the authority of Christ, this mission is, as we kind of follow this strategy... There's some, there's some good news at the end of this mission as well. Jesus kind of sandwiches this with, with how this mission actually gets accomplished. First of all, it's through his authority. 
Second of all, verse 20, we're promised that he's never going to leave. Baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach him to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is never going anywhere. And I love this. I love that these are the last words of Matthew because it kind of comes full circle at this point. All right, we have in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we have, have kind of this, this prophecy of who Jesus is. And we will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the middle of the Gospels, you have Jesus constantly just with his disciples. He's teaching them. He, and in fact, even when he gets away, they're, they're right there. Right? He can't get away from his disciples. Uh, there, he is constantly with his disciples. God with them. Then he, then he dies. And he's gone. Or at least they thought he was. And for three days, you know, the disciples are like, man, this is... I thought he'd always be here. I thought he would, I thought he'd be here. They even go back to doing the things they did before. Some of them even went back to fishing because they just didn't believe. Three days later, Jesus is back alive. Jesus comes out of the grave, comes out of the tomb, and once again we have God with us. But then at the end of the Gospels, Jesus is like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving. It's just kind of coming full circle here. But he's, even at the end of this, so we go from, from God with us, Emmanuel, to Jesus always being with his disciples, to him dying, he's gone, to now he's back from the dead. He is raised to life. He is here again. And now he's talking to his disciples, sending them away, but promising them that he will never leave them. How does this work? In the book of John, we get a little more insight into how this works. Jesus actually is talking about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. And he says this, It is better that I leave, because if I don't leave, then the advocate can't come to you. The Holy Spirit cannot come if I don't leave. How is God with us until the end of the age? He is with us through the Holy Spirit which is in each and every single one of us. It's the thing that empowers us to do this mission. It's how we access the authority of Jesus to do what he told us to do. How do we go and make disciples of all nations? Well, we do it because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that Holy Spirit is never going to leave. You see the sandwich here that Jesus is creating with this command. I, I have the authority. I'm not going to leave you. Go. Make disciples. How are we going to get people and reach people and teach them? Well, we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that will give us the words to say to these people. How are we going to get them to be baptized? How are we going to go baptize people? Well, we have the authority of Jesus on this side and the Holy Spirit on this side. We have the authority. We have the power to do everything that God is asking us to do, to go, to make disciples, to baptize people, to teach them everything I've commanded them. The Holy Spirit is how we do this. We have a gospel mission. This is our gospel mission to go and to make disciples of all nations. This gospel saves us. This gospel transforms us. This gospel sends us. Here's the question for you this morning. Will you participate in the mission that God has called you on? Will you allow his authority and will you allow his presence to fuel you as you go? I've, I, I, never, I couldn't say it better than the, the, our very first 
video of this whole small group and small groups. He says, the, the drive, the fire to do is fueled by, the, is fueled by what has already been done. The fire to do is fueled by what has already been done. How do we go out and do this mission that God is calling us to do? We can do it because of what has already been done. This gospel is what saves us. This gospel is what transforms us. This gospel is what sends us. Will you participate in this mission? Next week, we're going to talk a little more specifically about this mission. We're going to talk about gospel evangelism, how we go out and and share this gospel and spread the gospel. I'm excited for that. If you're not in a small group, join a small group. It's not too late. Great discussions. Let's dive more into this this week. Let's pray.